1: All right, it's Buccaneers hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's a battle of uh, two teams from the state of Florida, both looking to make the postseason. Both need this game desperately. And there's some things that are sort of undecided. I mean, we're still waiting to know for sure as we do this podcast uh, whether Trevor Lawrence will be available. I think he will. He's never missed a game in his career. Of course, this isn't concussion protocol or was earlier this week, and that's got to be determined by an independent neurologist. So um, you definitely – I saw where the, the line on the game had moved uh, from the Jaguars to the Bucks by a point and a half simply because that Lawrence's status was up in the air earlier this week. C.J. Bethard, uh, the great C.J. Bethard, would be the backup quarterback or the starting quarterback if somehow
0: Lawrence was unable to go. But that aside um, – That aside, hold team- on. First, before we get to the game. Who thought four oh five on Christmas Eve is a good idea? It's not the um, double. It's not the double header game where you know because I think this game's on. Is it CBS? Yeah, the four oh five is the one that only goes till about two markets, right? Yes. Is that right? Yeah, it's on yeah. CBS. Fox has the double header, so you know the best games go the four twenty five block every week. Mm-hmm. So who thought? Yeah, let's put this game at four o'clock on Christmas Eve. Uh, not me. Not me. Yeah. It is Christmas uh, Eve, right? We're gonna have to rush to get the podcast done, so we'll get in bed before Santa comes.
1: Jeez, I didn't even think about that. I thought the game was bad enough. Now I'm starting to think that yeah, it's gonna be, it's Christmas Eve, and and I'm gonna have to beat Santa.
0: That's never an easy thing to do. It's usually around midnight or so. I mean, you got a nice car, but he's got a nice sleigh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he sleighs all right. He
1: sleighs in my house quite a bit, but um. Yeah, it, you know, it's even, um, it's not worse than that, but the week after when they played New Orleans, that's New Year's Eve.
0: Yeah, but that's a 1 o'clock start, though.
1: Uh, Is it? Still? Um,
0: let me double check. Because I bet they moved that to 4. It's a 1 I o'clock mean, as of now, and I don't
1: know when yeah. they have to flex it. I'll be, I will predict, since that will be for the NFC South Championship, in my opinion, possibly for it anyway, or good facsimile of that. I will bet that game ends up at 4 o'clock somehow. I think, I, that, I think they would have already had to flex it. I don't think you can do
0: the week of. Well, I hope you're right because Christmas and, and, Eve is for the next kids. Week, and next week, CBS has the late game, the 425, and the oh, that's good. Bucks is on Fox. Okay. Well, Christmas
1: Eve is for the kids, and New Year's Eve is, well, it's for me. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Um, and, and for that matter, our, our neighborhood,
0: which is uh, pretty tight and has mm-hmm. – Kind of a, a party and everything. So, yeah. uh, Tampa Bay fans can ring in the new year with a double header. So you've got the Saints Bucks at one o'clock, and then you got the Lightning Canadians at seven o'clock. Are they playing at Emily? Yes, on New Year's Eve. Wow.
1: So what goes on there? So that game will be over about ten thirty, and then you just kind of pour into the streets of yeah, Tampa. Game will be start- over. Uh, game will
0: end about nine
1: forty-five. Oh, okay. All right. Still, plenty yeah. of time
0: to yeah. blow your horn and and, uh, and channel side hit, hit the bars at Water Street and all that. Yeah. All the, the new bars, brand new. Yeah,
1: and get some Ubers going. Yeah. But yeah, that'll be uh, eighteen, nineteen thousand people dumped into the streets on New Year's Eve. That should be great. Yeah. But um, it's a Tampa Bay
0: doubleheader to close out the year.
1: What could be better? What could be better than that? Except nothing. Um, look, I I've been. I don't know if surprised is the word. I, I actually thought that this team had a fighting chance to, you know, to be around 500 and certainly challenge for the division because, frankly, the division's not good. Um, and Atlanta especially, you know, they were at one point leading it and then the Bucks went into there and, and I thought they didn't necessarily play well, but they got the turnovers at the right time and, it, and the Falcons were falconing and they kind of gave them the game, but they took it, you know, and Baker wasn't great. And then, of course, they beat Carolina before that. Um, not by a lot, but at home because they're just better than Carolina. But then came Green Bay, and Green Bay—that game has sort of changed everything, you know. It, and it, it could be all sapped up, you know, by four thirty this, you know, Sunday afternoon, um, because it is a week-to-week league. But there just seemed to be like, and Baker Mayfield said this the other day. said something interesting, which which resonated with me. They've been waiting for this game, right, and Canal said, "You'll know when we get there, and you know everybody will know and it'll work, and the you know, guys will be open, and you know every ball has every throw has eyes and all that uh and and they got that, right? They got that breakout offensive game um, but now, you know can can you replicate it? Well, when we were talking to Baker, he said, "Well, now, see, here's the difference. like now we know what it what, what it feels like. We know it's in us we know we can do this and that we have the answers to do this. And, and we just have to be on the same page, not make mistakes, you know, not try to do too much. And, and it all is there, you know, but I think this has been an evolution, not just for Canalis who has obviously had a huge learning curve because he never called plays in the national football league. He's going against experienced coordinators. that sort of had his, you know, had his lunch many times, um, so he's had to grow and, and, and he has, and he's and he's gotten better quicker. But it's also sort of understanding who you're playing with and some changes that have been key, I think, just in my opinion, from a schematic and also personnel standpoint. Look, Aaron Stinney has been a big addition to that offensive line. Um mm-hmm. you know, and and Cody Malk has grown. And I talked to Cody, and we we mentioned this last week that you know when they went to San Francisco and he's pushing Eric Armstead into the end zone, it was like yeah, I got a lot of confidence from that because he's one of the best players in the league, and so as an offensive line, they have continued to work and and try to perfect this zone blocking scheme of theirs and utilize the athletes they have on the edges. Um, and Luke Gattiki is better at at right tackle, and all those things have sort of taking time, but Rashad White is the big difference in this team, okay? Rashad White and his ability to understand and to get some blocking, but understand where the holes are going to be, to be violent when he needs to be, but also, and it took way too long for this, Dave Canales to recognize that, you know what? If we can't run it, this dude out here, one-on-one against a linebacker, or if I line him up in the backfield or on the line of scrimmage, like, he flat out can run routes and win. It's one thing to tell a running back, hey, go out there and beat the linebacker, or, you know, run this route, you know, um, if he's got inside leverage, take it outside. If he's got, you know, option route, if he's got outside leverage, take it inside. That's fine. But you've got to win, okay? You've got to win the route, and then you've got to catch the ball. And I'm telling you, i I watched a lot of running backs, and he's as good as I've seen run routes in the open field. And 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 in man coverage, you're not going to cover him, okay? And he catches everything. He he catches the ball like a wide receiver. Um, he's got very Warwick Dunn like ability in that in that sense. We've talked about this. He's more Alvin Kamara than he is anything because has never had a thousand yard season, and and uh, I think White might have one this year. But he can beat you in so many different ways, and because of that, that ability to have that guy. Uh, put pressure on the defense, not just, not just on the edges, but also vertically if you need them to, that's huge. The other thing I'd like to see more of, um, is, is more right. More of more David Moore showed up big time in that game and had, of course the, the big, you know, put away touchdown in that game. And what the bucks have lacked this year, quite frankly, uh, in addition to a running game, which is starting to get teams out of that cover, two, where they can double Mike and double Chris. uh, What they've lacked is that third receiver that can win, okay, win against man coverage. And David Moore is a professional receiver, you know, and he has played in this system. Uh, He knows it very well. And he finally got his opportunity to play some extensive time the other day. Nothing against Devin Tompkins or... You know, I know Rakeem Jarrett's back working out again. Any of these young receivers. But there's something to be said for experience, and especially in this offense. And I think that David Moore has the potential of of finally filling that role that Baker has needed. Uh, so when Mike and Chris, and the other thing, of course, we talked about this the other day, they've moved Godwin, or at least they did in this past game, back inside in the slot. Uh, the idea was to preserve him out there on the boundary because he's beat up. Um, and you can only take so many hits over the middle and block against so many defensive linemen, et cetera. But he helps you in the run game, and and he has had, uh, at least in this Packers game, one of the best games of his career with the 10 catches, 155 yards. And it's because he had two-way goes. It's because he got some zone, some man. You know, In, in any case, him and Baker were completely in sync. And if that's going to be the norm, right, if they're going to be able to get Mike Evans going and – Chris Godwin going, you know, and then they get anything from anybody else. And there was a lot of contributors. They had four different touchdowns from four different people, Keith, and, you know, and Kate Otten still making big plays and all of that. Um, This this team can be a handful. Now, the Jaguars, here's the problem. The Jaguars are really good. (laughs) And they've got a bunch of coaches over there that coach for the Bucs. So it looks a lot like Todd Bowles' defense they take the ball away. I think they're second in the league in takeaways. And they've got a monster at outside linebacker and that's Josh Allen. Not the one from Buffalo, but the other Josh Allen. The dude that's got like 13 sacks. And that battle is going to be tremendous against the Bucks tackles. Um and, you know, you start looking down the line and you see these guys um they just got good players everywhere, you know, uh, inside, outside, in the secondary, um, you know, just just a lot of good players. And and so I would think that this will be much harder than it was in Green Bay, even though Green Bay is a hostile place to play and it's a cold place and, and you know, it wasn't that day. But Joe Barry's defense, I'm telling you, was in disarray. And Joe Barry's going to probably get fired. In fact, there was a lot of discussion about them doing that this week, and they didn't. Um, that said, uh, you won't see that in Jacksonville. You're going to have to earn every yard. And I don't expect Baker Mayfield to go out there and have a perfect passer rating or anything like that. Defensively is where the Bucks need to step up against this Jacksonville team because they have the, the recipe um, that any good offense has, and that is they have a quarterback, uh, assuming he plays. I know he's been in concussion protocol, uh, but he absolutely is a stud. You know, like he can throw it, and he's not missed a game in his career. And he's got some weapons that he uses outside. Calvin Ridley has come back and has, has really made a difference for them. Um, you've got, uh, of course, I think Travis Etienne is really what runs the offense. Uh, just a tremendous talent in the, in the backfield that can break tackles and do a lot of things. Evan Ingram is a tight end that's very good. Look, Farrell. I mean, they have – they got dudes. Zay Jones. Right. So they got they got lots of weapons around a really good quarterback. Um, and this will not be easy. In fact, I, I think this team offensively um has probably more of an identity than the Packers did with Jordan Love. You know, and and so I think knowing that their defense is likely to turn the ball over or get some sacks, the Bucs are gonna have to outplay the Jaguars defense somehow. I know they're playing against them, but they're gonna have to match that sort of efficiency and intensity. And I don't know if they can do it. I mean, Jacksonville is a desperate team. You know, they've, they've lost a lot of games here in a row and their quarterback is, is, is obviously beat up if he plays at all. Um, but it feels like the bucks have momentum. They just haven't played as well at home as they have on the road. And they've got to flip that switch somehow and, and manage to keep up. But now they have a standard and that's what, that's what Baker Mayfield talked about is, you know what, now we know what our standard is. This is what we should be. This is the this is the high high water mark. Now let's not fall too blow below that. And if they if they're able to maintain it, they're going to go a long way. Um, but this is such a key game, Steve, because
0: if they win, they could be playing for the NFC South Championship a week from now. Yeah, if they win, it is playing for the championship, no matter what happens elsewhere, because of the tie break. With yeah, they'll with have to sweep
1: over the Saints.
0: Yes. Yeah, I mean, you can lose this game, you and the Bucks still control their own. They're destiny. fine. Yeah, they're fine. Yeah, you know, they they still they win out. They win the division. Yep. But you win this game, you can win the division in week 17, and then get a chance to rest. Yeah, wouldn't week that be 18.
1: something? Just like last well, there's, season. There's very there's varied uh, theories about that,
0: that. way. there is, but but you know. But if you have nicked up
1: players, that's
0: where it really helps. Is that you don't have to force a guy out there that's you know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if they would do the you know, Baker plays one series and comes out, right? Like last season, but you got a player that's dinged up Mm -hmm. that can really use a rest. You know, absolutely. Mm -hmm. If if Mike Evans wants to to rest, right? Absolutely. You know, yeah. I I think I think they they may not play the whole game, but I think they'll play more than they did last year. I agree in that game. Mm-hmm. If it gets to that, of course, yeah. But but it does give you a chance to not have to play some players if they're you know seventy percent. Mm-hmm. You know, give give you that chance, particularly veterans, right. Well, they can't look ahead to this
1: This Jacksonville teams, you know, a playoff team. They were, they've been pretty elite. They got an elite quarterback, uh, went healthy, and this will be a really difficult game. And we'll see, you know, if if somehow you end up with CJ Beathard in the game at some point, that certainly makes it better for you. But uh, coming off a big win, the, the real test of good teams are, can you be consistent? You know, you've had such a high this week. Everybody's talking about how great you are and Baker Mayfield's, you know, being talked about on every show. And they have not played as well at home or scored as many points at home as they have on the road. They need to flip that switch, and they need to be the same team that they were in Green Bay at Raymond James. And that's going to be really the struggle and the test for them. So um, I'm looking forward to the game because I, I I think they're both really they're both fighting for something, uh, and you know it, it should be a really entertaining uh, football game. All right, we got a couple mailbag questions uh, coming up that we didn't get to the other day, and uh, we're happy to answer those for you in a minute. But just for right now, I wanted to tell you guys about how for the past 14 years, those skilled pros that made electric solar, they've been installing solar energy systems down in Florida, and they provide the most reliable solar equipment, the best installation methods, And, of course, uh, they help homeowners cut energy costs with an environmentally friendly investment. Now, May Electric Solar uses their own skilled contractors. They don't use subcontractors at all. These are their employees. They've always offered the safest and most reliable equipment. Now, May Electric Solar offers a 30-year no-cost equipment replacement and labor warranty. That means for 30 years, May Electric Solar, backed by Solar Insure, means that your roof, electrical, and equipment replacement is all covered. Now, Solar Insure even survives May Electric Solar, and it's owned by the homeowner with no deductibles or additional fees. This policy will transfer to new homeowners with no fee. It's not a blanket insurance policy. In fact, only the best contractors are allowed to be part of this program. May Electric Solar's reputation and history of workmanship has earned them this membership. For more information, to uh, call May Electric Solar at or you can visit mayelectricsolar.com. All right, we've got some mailbag questions coming up from y'all people, so let's get started. Steve, these are
0: answered, by the way, 100% correctly, or, and this is key, your money back. Ellis asks, I know it seemed crazy before Sunday, but getting your top two receivers, Evans and Godwin, involved in the game plan can lead to better offensive production. Was this a result of Dave Canales planning better? Mayfield seeing the field better or both? Oh, I think it's both. I mean, I don't think there's any one thing. Clearly Mayfield, you
1: know, was feeling it. The the interesting thing about Baker that I'm telling you it's rare, okay? I've watched a lot of football, and you guys have too. But when you have a young quarterback, and he's still a young quarterback, even though he's, you know, this is what, his fourth team in 17 months or whatever, Um, when you have a quarterback make a mistake like he made early in that game when – you know, the Bucks have a goal line stand, fourth down, and they get off the field, and the Bucks are backed up. And Baker drops back, and he just holds the ball. Luke Gedeke has this guy blocked through the end zone, but he's not going to block him for 12 seconds. I mean, you know, and then the dude, even though he's out of the play, circles back around. Baker still has it, and it's a sack fumble. And that leads to a touchdown for the Packers in a 7-3 to three lead. And it's a mistake that would typically – really bother the confidence of of most quarterbacks even veteran quarterbacks it's like wow man i am not seeing the field i held that ball too long now i've given up a negative play and points to the other team you look at the statistics of teams that you know either score off turnovers or or you know get points because of a turnover um your chances of winning that game are you know they certainly are reduced dramatically and so you know a lot of quarterbacks, even skilled ones, would, would sort of be, like, hesitant after that. You know, I don't know how confident I am in fitting this ball in there. I don't know uh, if my clock is sped up too much or not enough. And Baker ended up getting sacked five times in this game, even though he absolutely kept gunning it. And that's what I like about him is that he is not scurred, right? Like, you can't scare this dude. Like, you can, you can jump on him. You can physically maul him. You can do whatever – he is going to fight you and not lose that swag, and and that's what's so key is he kept firing man and they kept getting chunk plays and he ended up having the best passing game of his career, uh, in in terms of you know just efficiency and whatnot and became the first guy at Lambeau to have the perfect you know quarterback rating and all of that, um, but it, he didn't blink and it's so hard in this league when negative stuff happens to you and you don't blink and I, I was just so impressed with him that uh, that he was able to do that. But no doubt the two wide receivers played big, right? I mean, Mike had the touchdown. Um, they were able to put a lot of pressure on Joe Barry's defense, and Joe was sort of in between, you know, trying to take away the run and, you know, rotate to back to cover two and whatnot. Uh, they had a lot of zone beaters. They faced zone most of the time. Uh, and Chris Godwin moved back inside where he has had all the success of his career. And with, you know, more of a two-way go at times, he absolutely had one of the top three games of his career with 10 catches for 155 yards. He didn't get in the end zone. And then they got contributions, you know, from the other guys, right? Like when Mike and Chris are sort of doubled up and, and all of a sudden here comes David Moore or here comes Kate Otten or even Co'Keefe. You know, like that's the sort of thing that you know that things are clicking. So... um, I I definitely think that it's about the plays, players, not the plays. I've always said that. Although I think Canales called it his best game, but the players made the plays, uh, and so you got to credit them for the better offense and production. Starting with Baker, who handled the ball every game, and I think this is maybe the top two, no more than top three games of his career. The most yards, obviously, the most touchdowns since he's been in Tampa Bay. He was in, on fire, and if he can approximate anything close to that uh he'll do really well against the jaguars but uh yeah it's never one thing um but i i i would say that the guy holding the ball
0: just was really hot that day less tweeted he says rick salary cap problems a new offensive coordinator retread quarterback should the bucks win these last three games and go to 10 and 7 and win the nfc south do you think todd bowles should get some coach of the year votes
1: Well, it wouldn't be the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. I mean, I know I know Bucks fans, or a lot of them, at least the vocal um, people on uh, the various social media platforms, wanted him fired before he started the season, and then certainly after they got off to you know a not so good start after three and one, and they lost six out of seven. But you raise a great point. And look, Coach of the Year to me is not something that the Bucks are going to win because a they're not a, a big market team. B they're probably not going to go that far in the playoffs if they do make it necessarily. Um, but I, I do think you have to look at where they started and you have to also look at where, you know, Todd Bowles started, which was, he didn't find out last year until after March, what, 30th or so that he was going to be the head coach and he couldn't hire any coaches. And he went through the year pretty much having to just try to run it back with Tom Brady and Brady wasn't able to do it. And, you know, and and it's sort of like, well, that's not on Todd, so let's give him a chance to replace, you know, a bunch of assistants, bringing his own guys, uh, so on and so forth. Um, and, you know, he he's done a pretty good job. I mean, I don't know the coach of the year is something he's going to be, but I think you could say that he's the coach of the NFC South if he wins it, and there's a lot of people that might not have said it at the beginning of the year, uh, he took a $4 million quarterback who's on his fifth team in 17 months, who he liked personally. And Todd Bowles could have been more effusive in his praise for Baker Mayfield the other day. He said, this guy's come in, uh, completely became a leader, does so much that nobody sees in that locker room. And, you know, he's one guy's over, um, you know, so that's, that's huge. And, uh, you know, it's it, it all of that has sort of conspired along with the fact that the NFC South isn't really good. <laughs> uh, you know, you could have I, I've always said this, you could have three coaches fired in this division by by, you know, Black Monday. I mean, I really believe that. And, and well, well Carolina goes, already fired their coach. Carolina fired theirs and then and then I think I think the Atlanta coach uh he's vulnerable because mm-hmm. Arthur Blank said, well, we, it's mixed. We haven't really done what we wanted to do. So Arthur Smith's in trouble. Um, and then I'm, I'm not, you know, Atlanta is, is, you know, them in New Orleans are both had high expectations and they failed short. I mean, you spent a lot of money on Derek Carr. Uh, he's been hurt at times, but your defense hasn't been very good. Um, you, you sort of been really inconsistent offensively scoring points and, you know, that's another one where I don't know that Dennis Allen has enough of a track record as a head coach, certainly not with the Raiders to deserve to come back. Um, you know, it seemed like the easy thing to do when Sean Payton left for continuity's sake. But if it ain't working, man, those owners don't buy green bananas. They wanna they want it to work right now. And so um whoever doesn't win this division probably needs to make sure they still have their parking space on Monday. Uh but uh I think that Todd Bowles, if they finish out the year the way I think they're going to win in two out of three or three out of three, I think he's going to be safe. A lot of people, or I shouldn't say a lot, but some people that are around the team think, oh no, 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 he's got to win a playoff game. Uh, I disagree. I think they like Baker. I think they want continuity. I think you get Canales back if you get Bowles. If you do if you rip all that up, you better know who you're going for, and not just the coach, but also who your who your quarterback's going to be. Um because you know, you've got some pieces here. And you've proven that by the way they played up to this point. So, yeah, I I wouldn't expect them to, uh, you know, to change much. But, but Coach of the Year, that sort of stuff usually goes to, you know, to, to, to players or to teams that have gone deep in the postseason or will go deep in the postseason. Look, Kyle Shanahan, to me, is the Coach of the Year. And people go, well, he has the most talent. I don't care. You know, like what he does, or how about Mike McDaniel down in down in Miami? How about what he's done with Tua? You know, there's so many great candidates that have better records that it's not going to be Todd Bowles. But votes, I mean, what if you won it all? You know, in terms
0: of division, maybe playoff game. Yeah, I, I think he's worthy, but I don't think that's going to happen. Mike sent a note and he says, "What kind of competition could the Bucks expect from other teams if they decide to try to re-sign Baker Mayfield?"
1: It's a great question listen um there's gonna be some teams that need a quarterback uh and they won't all be drafting one because they're not necessarily all gonna be you know in the top i don't know ten fifteen like there are quarter- quarterbacks you can get probably all through the first round um but the elite guys you know the three, two, three, four four guys that uh everybody's talking about um you're gonna have to pick in the top five seven you know that that sort of thing so all right let's just think about this um you know there's a lot of teams that are going to be left out of the the quarterback derby in terms of the draft so why wouldn't there be interest in baker mayfield you know do the raiders have a quarterback i don't think so do does does the new england patriots have a quarterback no not really um you know, and, and you can go down the line. I think this division has invested, you know, in Derek Carr and, and Bryce Young as a first overall pick. Um, you know, I just off the top of my head, probably five or six teams that would take a good hard look at Baker Mayfield. And it only takes one, right, to, to you know, to sign. Um, now, does he, is he going to get $45 million? I don't think so. I don't think his market's going to be something the Bucks can't afford. And, great. And frankly, if you talk to Todd Bowles and we have this week, he makes, without coming out and saying it, Todd Bowles loves him some Baker Mayfield and absolutely wants him to be his quarterback a year from now. You know, and why wouldn't you based on the way he's played of late? He's got to finish the season. You got to get all the information, and that's what they'll do. Um, but, you know, uh, there'll be teams. And at the end of the day, it's really Baker's decision. Let me tell you what I know about Baker. He loves it here, loves it here. And he loves the organization from this standpoint that there's no BS, right? You played for the Browns and it's just an absolute train wreck. They're one in 31 for you got there. Um, you know, that wasn't good. You you went to Carolina. We know that their owner is (laughs) like taking the Daniel Snyder award. Uh, trying to just completely gut teams and you you don't know who your head coach is going to be. Um, You know, I mean, there, there was a lot that went on there with the firings and stuff. And then the Rams were going through some transitions too. That's why he ended up there. What Baker has here is stability. What he has here is a good team around him. And if he can get a second year from Dave Canales, right? Why does he want to learn a whole new offense? He'll be that much better. And so will Canales. So if his desire is to stay, and the Bucks' desire becomes they want to keep them. Now, they want all the information. They're not going to make a decision until these final three games are over and see how they go, right? Go out there and throw nine picks or something like that in these last three weeks and lose them all. That will definitely change not just the opinion of the Bucks but everybody else. But if you do what I think they're going to do and, and go ahead and win this division and end up with 30 touchdowns and, I don't know, 12 or 14 interceptions, like, damn right, <laughs> the Bucks are going to want to resign them. And they should. You know, and they'll have the salary cap room. I mean, you'll have, you know, the twenty-five, thirty-five million dropping off from from Brady's uh, dead money and all that stuff. So, uh, I think the Bucks are are thinking in their minds that whether it's Mayfield or somebody else, they're going to need about twenty-five or thirty million dollars to get a quarterback. Why not Mayfield if you're not in it for one of the top, you know, two, three, four, five guys? And so, yeah, uh, I. There will be competition for Baker because he is a free agent. He'll talk to everybody, and his agent, A.J. Mills, will too. But I think he he wants stability. You know, wife's expecting in April. You, you know, you just want to know where you're living, you know, for a while. And I think he enjoys the weather here in, in this time of year, obviously, having been in Cleveland and stuff. Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of do think
0: they'll resign him. Well, and on this one for the week and before Christmas here, Greg asks, with Christmas coming, who on the Bucks gets a lump of coal? Who is the Scrooge? Who would be the ghost of Buck's past, present, and future? This could be a player, a coach, or an event. Merry Christmas to you and, and Steve. Merry Christmas, you old savings and loan.
1: Who's Mr. Potter in this situation? You spin your webs like a scurvy spider is what you do. Um... I haven't really thought about this, and it's a kind of on the spot. So, who gets a lump of coal? <laughs> How about Devin White? We give him a lump of coal. Is that fair? Is that too? Is that piling on? I don't know. It hasn't been the year he wanted. That's for sure. No, not his fault that he's injured. But it started with I want to be traded, right? And mm-hmm. it's ending with I didn't want to be a backup. <laughs> I don't know. Somewhere in between. Uh, what else would you give him? There was a lump of coal. There was who's the Scrooge? Scrooge. The Scrooge. <sighs> wow. Uh, let's see. Who didn't get paid? Um. Uh. You wouldn't call Jason Light Scrooge. Well, he did get a four million dollar quarterback, which is pretty cheap for a guy that you just started.
0: Would Scrooge be all the fans that wanted Kyle Trash to start all season? Ah,
1: there you go. We have a winner.
0: No more calls. Bing, 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 bing,
1: bing. Yeah, you know who you are, Gator fan. You know? Ooh. You thought they were even, and now they're leaving. And you you thought, you know, your boy Kyle. And look, I like Kyle, like the next guy. And he hadn't gotten his chance to play, so who the hell knows? He might be the next Brock Purdy, for all we know. But um, he'll have to prove it somewhere else, perhaps. We'll see. But there's an awful lot of people that even when Baker was winning uh, and has been winning again, they don't want to see Baker. They want to see their dude in there. So, you know, you can't be a Bucs fan and then say that Mayfield hasn't earned the, the right to continue to play and all that. Um, so, yeah, that's a good one. I like that. And, and you know who you are. There's This is, again, it's not about Kyle. It's against the people that are blind uh, to the fact that, they got a pretty good quarterback right now, and he's winning, and you should stick with him.
0: Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made ByHeart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.
1: All right. Well, those are our uh, sort of questions for the night. And listen, it is the uh the holiday season, and I know um for many of us we work Throughout that, it comes and goes really too quickly. I hope you can spend some time with your families at home. I plan on doing that as much as possible, even though we have a game on uh, Christmas Eve, which is just the way it goes, but at least they're home. I've been on the road before. In fact, they had a game on Christmas Day in Arizona a year ago, and I Mm -hmm. left after my kids opened their presents. That was rough. So I'm happy that we're home, but I hope you all have a very safe and uh, wonderful holiday season. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas whatever you celebrate, spend some time with the family, watch a little football, eat a little bit. It's not, it's a great holiday because you get to, you remember what it's for is to to give, not necessarily to receive. But um, of course I enjoy Thanksgiving. This has football too um, because of where we're at in the calendar and all of that. So that's kind of cool. But uh, yeah, just, um, and thanks, you know, thanks again. We'll get into this probably more around new year's, but um, for all of those that have listened to this podcast that have helped grow it, uh, that have been loyal and you guys, we appreciate your comments and everything, you, you know, the, the, the things you send in on Twitter and in different places, we're able to read it. It's terrific. And we don't take it lightly. We don't take it for granted. We work really hard at this. We are up crazy hours. We both have crazy jobs that, uh, other things that pull on us, but, um, it's always fun to, uh, to see the feedback and, and know that you guys appreciate uh, uh, what you're getting and that you listen to us each and every uh, day hopefully or, or whenever you can uh, during your during your week. so thanks again happy holidays uh, we will we will talk to you after this game <laughs> which I don't know what to expect like this is one I was like whew, I wasn't sure I had a feeling I did pick the bucks to beat the Packers and I, I, I really was pointing a lot at the fact that Joe Barry's defense has been bad and they were and the Bucks took full advantage. We'll see if they can keep it going against Jacksonville. Either way, have a safe holiday. For Steve Urstic, I'm Rick Stroud the Tampa Bay Times. We'll
0: talk to you on Monday. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right.